I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Today's episode is brought to you by Gem Accessories. Gem Accessories is one of the leading accessory manufacturers within the trading card game space. Known for their deck boxes, Gem also has an amazing lineup of binders, backpacks, and more. Some of our personal favorites include the new KLRZ Icons deck boxes, the Secrets Binder, and the Jaguar and Puma backpacks. But don't just take it from us, check out some of these reviews on screen. For all these amazing products and more, be sure to check out Gem Accessories using the link in the description down below, or on Twitter at XGemAccessories. Again, the description down below, or on Twitter at XGem Accessories. Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! Podcast. I am Sunny. I am here with my co-host, Caleb. Hello. And of course, we want to thank you all so, so much for being here for today's episode. Of course, we're going to start off today by thanking all of our wonderful sponsors. So a huge thank you to Gem Accessories for putting their nice little ad at the beginning of this video. A huge thank you to ETB Games for their continual support. And of course, Millennium Threads. Now there's a discount code down below for your first purchase at Gem Accessories and also a discount code for any purchase with Millennium Threads. Now, we also have some affiliate links down below. So <clears throat> if you're going to buy something from the Dragon Shield website or from the TCG Player website, if you click our link before you shop, it supports the podcast at no extra cost to yourself. And of course, we could not do the things that we do without the help of our wonderful patrons. So a huge thank you to Cam Yang, Dragon Maid Stunzeed, Branded in Copyright Material, Kane Martin, Zyphris, Yeet Defeat, Blackwing Silverwind the Ascendant is the best Floodgate, Earth Machine best deck, Epi. Has anyone actually read Toy Vendor, HGH Cyber? I am not a man, I am not a god, I am Little Little Lee. I am McLincoln, Mountain Man, Naturia Ishizu best deck, Naturia Ishizu Runic is the best tech underrated, no cap. I'm not gonna lie, I actually, I, I've been playing on Dueling Book and I played that deck earlier. 
Against it or you played it? Played against it. Uh huh. It just kept going and going. Yeah. And going. It's a and pretty going. good deck. And I broke the board, but because of the way I broke it, I couldn't OTK. Mm hmm. And it just looped the same stuff over and over. I'm like, oh, all yeah. right, go off, King, I guess. Yeah, the deck is really underrated. Oatmeal Spaghetti, Owen Alvarado, Quitting the Game is a Floodgate, Sprite Farter, Unbanned Number 95, Konami, Understanding and Reading are two different things, Virtually Savior's World, Rogue, and Tier 2 are the polite terms for bad deck, Adir, Aaron Gardner, Asami, Ashless Chaps, Bistial Pizza Hut, Cyberdank, Puffer Dragon, Duty Booty, Dragon Maidenless Behavior, Eldritch, The Lord of Floodgates, and Monkey Brains, Fur Hire, Dog Turd, Hero's Pebble Cereal, Cam, The Disciple of Caleb's Waifu Philosophy, Old Man Red, Pin Code 143, Ray Powell, and Santa Claus. Thank you all so much, of course, for your continued support of the podcast and for making this production possible. So I know that we kind of go through the ad read at the beginning of every episode. We do our little intro. We mm -hmm. thank the patrons. And I would like to say it really, really does make an enormous amount of difference. Any amount of support that we can get from the patrons and things of that sort are really, really critical to our success here with this podcast they allow us to do things like acquire lights mm -hmm. and even small things like these microphone arms which i say small things they're really expensive but just in general all those things they, they help they really help make this possible and they give us the ability to go to more tournaments get more mm -hmm. coverage and do things that are Yu-Gi-Oh related for the podcast so a good example is this weekend, Caleb and I are going to a tournament at, I'm not going to say our local OTS because we don't really have a local OTS, yeah. but we are going to a tournament at the second closest OTS. Yeah, it's the second closest, I think. And the only one that actually holds real Yu-Gi-Oh tournaments anymore. So, yeah. um, I... This will be my first advanced Yu-Gi-Oh tournament in a while. Two to three months. Uh, yeah, at least. Yeah, we're, we're coming. We're getting close to that point. Yeah, you know, we we went to the regional in August in Fort Worth. Yeah. And so we had this whole, like, summer season where Yu-Gi-Oh during the summer is really not the same. Because it's a lot, it's a lot slower, and you have these moments where you really only have nationals happening. The YCSs mm -hmm. are done, the regional season is done, yeah, and it's just YCSs. Well, then you go from that over to the. Um, we went to the regional in August, which was the very first weekend of regional season, and then. About a month later, I went to YCS Niagara Falls, which was an amazing experience. And then I went, and then I don't think I've been to maybe like one more advanced tournament since then. I went to the Darkwing Blast sneak peek. Yeah. And I haven't done anything with advanced since at all. I was I was planning on going to one regional, and I had some I had like a family emergency come up, and I couldn't yeah. go to that. So. I've gotten the way it happens. <laughs> yeah, I haven't really, like I said, I, I just haven't really done much with Advanced Yu-Gi-Oh in a while. So I'm kind of excited to get back into it this weekend, get back mm -hmm. into the swing of things. Um, it's been hard. Uh, I'll be honest. It's been hard to, so we had kind of a lull in things in December. 
because you really don't have much of a regional season in December. It's like you have a big break in the summer and then around the holidays, you have like a little bit smaller of a break. Yeah. So really ever since the ban list came out, I, I haven't played any advanced Yu-Gi-Oh. I, I don't even think I've played practice games with Caleb. Yeah, no. And like the only games I've been getting is like I've got like there's a couple I've gotten on Dueling Book. Yeah. And that's about it. Yeah, the hardest part for me is a, a lot of the people that we've had in our group, which any competitive Yu-Gi-Oh player will tell you, getting a good group and getting like a good circle is really hard. Mm-hmm. Getting it's, the, it's also kind of an important thing. It's the most important thing. In my opinion, having a good circle around you for playtesting, bouncing ideas off of each other, things like that, of like, I would say four to six people. Preferably an even number. Right, that way when you're playtesting and stuff. Yeah, you can... everyone, there's not just some, one dude sitting there twiddling their <laughs> thumbs. Yeah. So, that to me was one of my biggest competitive advantages was that for a long time we had that competitive group and then here the, over the year this year it was the like okay so you start the year off with kind of a by the way happy new year everybody this is the yes, first episode of the new, new year. year um so you start off the year in 2022 with a kind of a really poopy format where you have every deck is just like locking you out of the game. You have Sword Soul with Arch Nemesis Protos running around. You have Scythe. Uh, a DPE had just come out, so there yeah, was Scythe DP, locking. DP Scythe lock was getting thrown around left and right. Yeah, it was just kind of a rough format. And then Grand Creators came out, and it was just like adventure Scythe lock format, and it was yeah. which was just kind of rough. And then. There were some cool decks, I guess, with like the, um, the, what was it? The, the pile decks that were coming out. Yeah. Those were, the Rose, yeah. The Rose Dragon Synchro decks. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. With like punk in there too. That, that was yeah. interesting to see. It's just like how everything just kind of accidentally worked together. Yeah. It was a really cool deck. Now I think the issue kind of came up though with you the further you got into the year, the more you saw that decks just kind of relied on floodgates to be competitive. A lot of the top decks. So for a while, it was like Despia and Swordsoul were the two best decks. And a lot of the reason they were the two best decks was because of a lot of the other decks had gotten hit out of the format. And Despia and Swordsoul were really dependent on having the right floodgates at the right time. Less so Despia, but Sword Soul really leaned on rivalry. And then you kind of go, go a little bit farther and you really, it, you get into Sprite and Tier Lament and you end up in this really, really difficult position of you have to run board breakers and going mm -hmm. second cards and the game is revolved around these board breakers and even if you go combo you just get blown out i mean hey at least uh, i mean hey at least with a lot of these uh a lot of the like backer removal for the floodgate and stuff you could side those right right 
Yeah, and so like <laughs> I'm referencing Mystic Mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Between you could so you either set up a board and like you have to build your entire deck, you have to make main deck deck building decisions around Mystic Mine. And so you then you end up in like this floodgate format and blowout card format. And it's really rough. And then lot, lots of just Mystic Mine pass. pass yeah. Pass. And then you had this like kind of cool like splash of bright light with when Darkwing Black Blast released before the before the um before the release of the Ishizu cards. And you had Tier Lament and Sprite, and there was like five or six decks that were pretty cool. Yeah. And you but it was only like a really short two week format. And then the Ishizu cards came out. Right. And you entered tier zero. I, I just think that between multiple formats defined by floodgates followed by formats of like mystic mine and stuff like that and then blowout cards that you had to run things like dark ruler things like forbidden droplet where you you have to run these blowouts and then all your opponents are just running these blowouts so you're either going to blow somebody out or you're going to get blown out and there's not really an in between yep it felt like gameplay was at an all-time low so all of these things combined and then just to take all of that and go right into a tier zero format even if it's a tier zero deck that has a lot of back and forth and a lot of interactivity to not a good look <laughs> right well it was a rough year you know a lot of people can just say oh this year was awesome it was great from the perspective of a lot of players i don't know that it was no like the players that had the biggest issue with Yu-Gi-Oh this year, I think, aren't the most competitive players. I think a lot of them liked a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh this year. Or the really casual players. I think a lot of casual players don't really mind it. I think the issue is where you come across players like me and you. Yeah, where we're kind of more in the middle. Right. Or players that are in our testing circle where they are these semi-competitive, not I wouldn't say casual, but you know, if you have a, if you have, okay, let's say you have a, a sliding graph scale, yeah. right? And zero is neither competitive nor casual. 10 is extremely competitive. Negative 10 is extremely casual. I think that you and I fall, what? Why'd you go negative 10 to 10? Why don't you just go 0 to 10 with 5 being like in the middle? You know, something in my head. I almost did 0 to 14 with 7 in the middle. What? Why? Why? Litmus, litmus test. Acidity, base. Oh, okay. That, that, okay, that would have been fair. Right. So, I almost did 0 to 14 with 7 in the middle. But I didn't think very many people would understand why I did that. Unless... Um, Unless I explained it. Yeah. So I, I don't know why I went like negative, negative 10, 10 to 10. Instead of 0 to 10. I, I feel like I wanted a 1 to 10 on both sides. Fair. I guess. So. But. I feel like you and I. On that scale. Like I said. If 10 is hyper competitive. Going to every YCS. And nationals. Yeah. And literally will fly. Like we're talking people like Rafael Nevin. Yeah. He lives in the Netherlands. He goes to every YCS. Unless there's two on the same weekend. Yeah, then he goes to one, but not the other. Right. 
it's like he's fly he's going to the first ycs of 2023 in sydney australia if only he could be in two places at once if he could he probably would well the issue is if he could be in multiple places at once then he would still attend the 3v3 ycs except he would be multiple team members of his own team <laughs> either that or he or he'd be or he would just uh duplicate himself to be in multiple teams at once also yes but i think that okay players like i said rafael nevin hani jahari pakawat jesse Cod, these guys are going to travel the world they are a 10 out of 10 on the competitive yeah. scale and then you have people that only play like the decks that they played in their childhood, not like goat format, but like kitchen table. I slap this deck together with what I had lying around. And like I normal summon dark magician without tributes, like, like hyper, hyper casual, right? Yeah. Which it, if that's your Yu-Gi-Oh, there's nothing wrong with that. That's fine. To be fair though, I find that those people are one of two types of people. Mm -hmm. There are other people about our age who played when, who collected and play, played the game when they were little kids that didn't fully understand the rules or were playing right. by the, Dual's Kingdom rules grew up and then like after a point left the game and then like rediscovered it later. Yeah, 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 and they're adulthood or they're currently little kids now just getting into the game. Yeah. So there's these like different levels of players. And like I said, being like super casual, that's not a bad thing at all. It is your interpretation of fun in Yu-Gi-Oh is your own. Mm -hmm. However you have fun playing this game, keep doing that. Because hyper-competitive Yu-Gi-Oh is not for everyone. Oh, no, not at all. And super casual Yu-Gi-Oh, some people just like can't really like wrap their minds around it. They really just want to play super competitively. Yeah. But me, personally... I fall around like a five, right? Nah, I, I'm, I'm closer to like a three or a two. Sure. I fall much more to the competitive side, maybe even a six. And I want to try to travel somewhere to, I would even go to like a foreign country, but I want to travel somewhere for Yu-Gi-Oh! Like once or twice a year, not just to a regional. Like I, I want to attend every regional within like three hours of me four maybe five even so like the two that'll happen right right so we, so we get like two or three a year that's usually it it's like two to three a year that are within like five hours of us yeah that we're not just i wish we were maybe maybe that. maybe like four because this past year mm -hmm. there was at least five fair so there was the two in April that we went to, mm -hmm. which was a Saturday and a Sunday. Yeah, we, it was literally a Saturday regional in Mendenhall, Mississippi. And then uh, and then we went down to New Orleans, spent the night in New Orleans. And there was the uh, Sunday re regional Sunday regional in New Orleans the next day. Yeah. And then we, we finished that regional in New Orleans at five o'clock. We left New Orleans, got home to our hometown around like 915. Yep. By, yeah, by 10 o'clock, I was chilling in bed. Right. And then that, what was it, Thursday night, Yep. I got off work. We left my house at 8 p.m. and pulled up in Charlotte at like 11 a.m. for yep. YCS Charlotte. We drove the whole way. 
I drove nonstop all the way through 13 hours, 13 yep. and a half hours, something like that. Then he drove, what, 10 hours, 9 hours on the way back? No, I I drove... More than half. I guess I did. I drove from Charlotte. I got to Mississippi. And when we got to Mississippi, I was like, yeah, I'm done. Yeah, and you finally uh, switched off of Coleslaw. Yeah, so I switched with Coleslaw, and then... He drove all the way across Mississippi, and I slept for like three or four hours. Keep in mind, we left Charlotte, Mississippi Sunday night at 10 o'clock. Yeah. So we pulled up back here in Louisiana at like uh, noon-ish. It was like 10, 30, 11. Yeah. So... Only reason I remember that is because uh, we have a because at my house we have a set schedule for stuff. And you remember when you got home in the schedule? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and gotcha. lunch hadn't been served yet, so it is before lunch, right before lunch. Yeah, so we we do all that. We had we went we drove four hours to Mississippi for a tournament one weekend. The next weekend we drove four hours back to Mississippi, two hours to New Orleans, four hours home. And then the next weekend we drove 13 hours each way back and forth to ICS Charlotte. That, that was those three weeks afterwards, I was like, I'm done for like at least a couple of weeks. Yeah, and I, I completely agreed. Yeah. So, but like at that time, that was like we were at like we were like we were in the format. We understood yeah. the format, event, how the decks work. Event, event, there was just constant right. events going on. Yeah, we, we were just grinding them all. So we had the double regional. We had the regional in August. The we, YCS. Okay, but I'm talking about regionals oh, that regionals. we could go yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. There was a regional in Mississippi that we didn't go to, I think, in November. Yeah. And then there was, because it was on a Sunday. And then there was a regional in Fort Worth that we didn't go to because of the, the issue that, that I had, the yeah. family issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was five five regionals in a year within a, a calendar year that we could drive to mm-hmm. one YCS that we could drive to. And we did, although we regretted it, but we did uh, regret is a strong word. I, yeah. I, I don't regret going at all. I enjoyed every moment of it. It's, it's a case but, of, I wish I didn't have to do the drive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was like, it was like, it's drivable and we're going to do it, but we're not happy about it. Exactly. You know, I, but I'm going to complain the whole time. I'm, I don't like it. I'll, yeah, I'll do it, but I'm going to complain the whole time. That's the that's the reference I'm making. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, for us, it, like, I want to go to every regional that I can go to within five, four or five hours. And I want to travel. We traveled to Charlotte, and I, I did. You didn't. But I flew to Canada for Niagara Falls. And the my land of beavers and maple syrup. I don't know about beavers, but maple syrup, yes, that was a big deal. Uh, they had like six IHOPs. Okay, then. Yeah, and I didn't eat at any of them. The what? <laughs> listen, hey, so they have they had this hotel, right? Uh huh. And the hotel had an IHOP on like the seventh floor. <laughs> okay, That's it gets such better. A random it way gets to better. Put it. It's because the hotel sat at the edge of the cliff. Oh, so the bot, so the first, so the ground floor didn't have a like an a, didn't have like a great view of the falls, but up near the top floors, it had an a, I mean an insane 
view of the falls. So, Floor-to-ceiling windows all the way across, so, and the IHOP had the view of the falls. Yeah, so you could, like, pull in to, like, the parking lot, walk in, and you're on, like, the seventh floor. N- no. No, you had to take an elevator up. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so it's there because it has a good view of the falls. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so... The reason that I did not eat at that IHOP, one... It was like a 10 minute walk from our from our Airbnb. Fair. And to a lot of people that are listening, they're like a 10 minute walk? 10 huh? minutes. To be fair, 10 minutes isn't a bad isn't that bad of a walk. But to me it's not worth an IHOP. And I'll tell you why it's not worth the IHOP. Why is that? Because this particular IHOP, because of its location, overlooking one of the, the natural wonders of the world. Mm-hmm. This particular IHOP, a plate of pancakes. Just a plate of pancakes. Mm-hmm. Take a guess. Well, normally they're about, what, 3 to $5 normally? I would say a plate of pancakes at IHOP is like 7 bucks, 8 okay, bucks. Yeah, yeah. Plus I, a tax tip. All that. Based on the way you, you said that, probably $30. 40 I was close. <laughs> It was <coughs> from people that went. I was told that a plate of pancakes with maybe like a drink and just like a typical like breakfast was like 36, 38 bucks plus like tax and a, and a yeah. drink and a tax and tip. And you, and you know what's, you know what's kind of messed up about that? It's, it's still just IHOP. No, no, no. They probably have the same profit margins as any other IHOP. It's just the numbers are just like the individual numbers are. I could see that just because of the cost of the location being high. Bingo. Yeah, I, I, I would imagine that the cost of that location is insane. But here's the crazy part. Two blocks away, there's a ground floor IHOP that you can go to. And it's like a normal IHOP. Oh. It's well, just like a couple dollars more expensive. To be, but you don't have the falls view. Exactly. That's the trade-off. But you can walk, walk a block from that IHOP and get to the falls. Okay. So you can either enjoy the falls while you're eating or eat and then go look at the falls. Yeah. And it's like four times cheaper. Yes. Here's the, here was the craziest part about Niagara Falls to me mm-hmm. and like the, like the venue. So we had the YCS at like the Stanley convention center, mm-hmm. which is like Niagara Falls is the name of the city. It's, it's Niagara yeah, Falls, yeah, yeah. Ontario. And when you're in the Niagara Falls Convention Center, mm-hmm. you walk out the front door, cross a single intersection. Like, like you, when you walk out the front door, you're at the corner. Mm-hmm. You cross, you take the crosswalk across a, like a four lane, two lanes of traffic each way mm-hmm. road. You get to the other side. You walk a single block, not like a big city block, but like, like there's one hotel and that's the whole block, right? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Like uh, like it's normal small block. Yeah, a standard block. Yeah. If you will. Um <clears throat> like how you know how when you're in like a big city and you're like downtown and like you'll have one big office building and like that's the whole block. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, because then it's being grabbed by by street. Yeah. yeah. You walk like one <clears throat> block and you're at the top of the falls. Oh. You literally <clears throat> walk a single block. And there is a viewing platform, and you can see the entirety of Niagara Falls. Nice. I imagine. Swanky. Yeah, I imagine if you 
if you could get up to like the second floor of the convention center, you could probably, look you could probably yeah, and find a window, you could just see the whole falls. Yeah, it's really nice. Anyway, so I got way off topic. Yeah. Um, and that's why that building does not have windows on that entire side of the building. <laughs> yeah, it except, does, but ex yes. Except the CEO's office. <laughs> so we, I would say that we're like, I'm maybe like a five or a six, maybe even yeah. a seven. I'm probably like a three or a four. Right. But for us and our play group, when you're in that range where you're not at the tippy top and you're not like the most casual player, competitive Yu-Gi-Oh for me at least this year was pretty rough. So for me, there was this, I, I don't wanna say like, I don't wanna over exaggerate it, right? I, I don't wanna say it felt like Yu-Gi-Oh was just kind of dead for me. Yeah. And, and again, this is me talking from personal experience. Yeah, I, yeah. Like, I can't speak on you and your experiences. I'll speak on my own experience after you speak on yours. Sure. For me personally, Yu-Gi-Oh! this year has felt, I, and, and it's maybe it's because we have so many friends that got out of the game this year. Yeah. And that our our play group kind of died this year. It's just me and you that's left. Yep. Everybody else is focusing either on like... Pokemon, Magic, funk, nothing at all. Funky Cubes, Edison, Format Only. And like, I respect that, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, that it took me a while to come to terms. Because these are my friends, and that's how I met these people, is yeah. through Yu-Gi-Oh. It's taken me time to come to terms with their decision, and it shouldn't, right? That's, like, really... Yeah. That's really selfish of me to, like, want some... Like, if they're not happy, to want them to keep playing for my happiness. And that's super selfish. And it it's taken me time to come to terms with. Because, you know, this is how I connected our friendship... So for me personally, having them not there anymore has kind of ripped a lot of the joy of the game out for me. And I love you, Caleb. And it's nothing personal. I love you. And I love our time that we spend playing. But I I need like five or six people. Yeah, no, no, no. Because you're far more extroverted than I am. Yeah, and, and to be completely honest... There are times where, like, say you can't make it to a tournament. I, I absolutely <laughs> loathe going on long drives by myself. Oh yeah, because then you're trapped in trapped in the silence with your thoughts. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I like having somebody to have a conversation with. Yeah. If I go on a car ride for more than like ten minutes, I'm calling somebody. And people hate phone calls. I love phone calls because I want to kind of get my thoughts out there and just kind of talk with somebody and converse with somebody. And here lately, it's been audiobooks. But there, I mean, just in general, there's only one thing about phone calls I hate talking. No. Oh, well, there's an easy solution to that if you're an iPhone user. Oh, yeah, no, no. The thing, well, I understand the issue of, of shoulder ear. I, I get that. Oh, no, no, no. You don't understand. Audio listeners, it's he yeah. did like the whole thing where like the phone yeah, is being phone, held up yeah. by the shoulder so, and your head's crooked and it's the, annoying. So the issue isn't. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. That I have a Samsung and can't get, Air- can get AirPods. I can get Bluetooth earbuds. Getting some that are decent, on the other hand... Costs a few dollars. Costs like 80 bucks. Yeah, so you could probably either get Raycons or Beats headphones are probably pretty good for you too. Uh, Raycon and Beats are, from what people have said, are as good as are as good as uh, AirPods. I've heard that the Beats ones are probably about as good as AirPods. Yeah, but the the if you get the more expensive Raycons, they're actually a little bit better from what I've heard. But at that point, it's preference you, and all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, however, the new AirPods that are coming out have a chip that only Apple has the, has the copyrights to. So they only work with iPhones. Not only do they only work with iPhones. Because, like, these AirPods can sync to any phone. Well, you just don't get, like, the full capability because, yeah, like, yeah. you don't have Siri. Well, no, it'll be the same way with the new ones. But they're but they're going to be much higher quality because it's a special chip that Apple designed for themselves and they're not letting anyone else use. Of course. So, but I mean, it's only a matter of time for for like Raycon or Beats come out and go. Yeah, we we figured out how it works and made our own version of it. Right, right. It's like half the price. Yeah. Because it doesn't have an apple on it. <laughs> it doesn't have fruit on it. <laughs> well, funny thing is, so Beats, in my opinion, are basically just Apple's versions of their products that aren't meant for like like the Beats wireless air. Earbud, ear, earbuds, earbuds are essentially just they're essentially airpods but they're designed for people that aren't on the apple ecosystem yeah. thing well because yeah. they, they're owned by apple yeah 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 you know yeah so yeah um I, it, i've always found that the beats ones are just for people with androids yeah yeah but still want to get the apple product uh but you know if i, was I, I would even any, say I, the apple product i, I would just say like to me i've always found that apple products are like the highest quality and most polished but i disagree but that's also just that's due to uh my background in like actual computers and coding and stuff i and also fixing them i disagree yeah i I think my thing is that like airpods specifically like the airpod was like kind of the first of its kind Mm -hmm. of that like that the earbuds that are completely wireless it it was such a revolutionary thing when they came out people didn't even like understand what they were for a long time so i'm not gonna say they didn't understand what they were but you you know like when you saw somebody with airpods you were like how does that work like i like they didn't like conceptually understand what was going on for like a second you know i just kind of went oh it's bluetooth 
Okay, yes, I get that it's it's Bluetooth, <laughs> but like when you first saw somebody on the street wearing AirPods, you didn't just look at them and go, "Oh, those are AirPods. Those are cool." No, you no. just you you had to I, do like a double take and like figure out what they were. I looked. No, I first time I ever saw them, I very distinctly remember this. I looked at it and went, "That's a fancy Bluetooth device." Okay, I think part of it might be, I never saw any announcements for AirPods. I never saw any kind of promo material. I saw my boss one day had them. My, that was my introduction. My first introduction to them was actually whenever I went and applied to work at CPR. Mm-hmm. Uh, and while whenever I came in, they were playing like tra- the trailer. Trailer. Man, I've watched too many movie trailers. <laughs> it was the first commercial for them. And I was like, oh, it's just a fancy Bluetooth earpiece. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, and I'm going to be honest, the AirPods have completely changed the way that I do certain things. Like, I will never go back to anything, any kind of a wired headphone or earbud, never if I can help it. I mean, we can't. I mean, technically, I still can. Technically, I could too. I don't feel like it. it I, um, I I am on the Apple ecosystem. I, There's a dongle for yeah, it. I, I, I mean, I do use wired earbuds in my Switch, but that's because the earbuds I have can't connect to my Switch, and it's not my Switch's problem. It's the fact that I bought these Bluetooth earbuds for about five dollars. Oof. They work. They sound okay. The issue is that there's a ton of noise bleed, probably. No, not really. Really? Yeah, they prob- No, I mean, I'm sure they sound fine for you, but I'm sure the people around you are like, you may as well just take them out, dude. I can hear everything. No. You, you say that, but you're always the one wearing. Well, no, because I'll, because what I'll, because what I like to do is I'll, um, is that I'll connect everything and uh-huh. then play, play music, pull it out so I can check the volume. Oh yeah. I've never done that. I, I do that. Cause I'm, oh. cause I'm considerate. I have a really <laughs> funny story about me not checking the volume of my earbuds, but that's for another time. Fair enough. Uh, then I'll put them back in. So I know it's there's not a lot of bleed through. It's fine. But the audio quality, if I try to talk on them. It's terrible. Awful. Not worth it. Oh. Sound quality is fine. Great for listening to music. Microphone quality is awful. I... I think it's con- I think it's con- I think it's con- a, a conductive microphone only, and it doesn't have like the actual. I don't know what that means. So what it does, what a conductive microphone. If Can you I'm- do me a favor? Hmm. Can you like focus on your microphone? Oh, sorry. I know we're having a conversation and you were like talking to each other. Yeah, but, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. So yeah. So with conduct. So now I'm gonna talk to y'all and explain to you what a conductive microphone is. Sure. I'm probably saying it wrong. I don't remember if that's actually what it's called or not. Now I'm thinking about it. But basically. As you're talking, rather than picking up the vibrations of the air, it picks up the vibrations going through your jaw. Okay. And up into your ear. That's why whenever you hear yourself talking, you sound different than on a recording. Sure. Because you're hearing yourself not just projecting outward, but you also can still hear it going through your jawline. Right, right. And that's what it picks up on. Interesting. So when I was in college, because I realize now that people are going to want to hear the story. (laughs) When I was in college, I was in a musical appreciation class, and part of the class was at least once per grading period. So if class was from August to December, there was like four grading periods, right? And they were generally like three and a half weeks. 
And for each grading period, we had to attend at least one production from the LSU Orchestra. Fair. I went to a production and it was a particular, it was one that I was like particularly not interested in actually hearing, but they don't perform like every night. Yeah. They perform like once every two or three weeks. So sometimes you had a couple of options if you wanted to catch this one or that one. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you only had one option. And this particular month, I only had one option. And he just didn't want to do it. And it, this, the particular music that they were playing, I did not enjoy. Sometimes I can enjoy classical music. I can enjoy Sometimes they make a production out of it. And I can enjoy that. This particular one was not that. And I did not like the music. And it was bad. The mu- It was well played. Yeah, yeah. But it was not music that I enjoyed. And so as a result, I quietly slipped in my earbuds. And I started listening to my music. I was like, man, I can hear double music. This kind of sucks. So you turned it up. So I turned it up a little bit. I'm like, I can still turn up a little bit more. Keep in mind, I'm on like the fifth row. So you're down near the front. I'm, I'm, if I'm any closer, I'm picking up an instrument and helping them. And I I knew something was wrong because I got a look from one of the people in the orchestra and it was it wasn't like it was like a quick look but i was like am i in a class with them or something like do they know me they're they looked right at me and then a dude keep in mind i am in shorts and a hoodie with my hood up like scrunched way back in the chair and there's a dude sitting about three seats down from me in a tuxedo and he leans over, does like this on my arm, and I like jumped and I like, yeah. He was like, "We can all hear your Kevin Gates." <laughs> I was like, "Oh no! Oh no!" So I it was loud enough for people not only to hear identify who was singing to identify who was singing. Oh so my I God. got up and left because <laughs> how do you recover from that sheer embarrassment? I felt so bad. I felt like the worst human being on earth. I, I, to this day, I am mortally embarrassed that that ever happened. Mm. Okay. So we've been rambling for another seven minutes. It's crazy. Yep. So let's dial back in and kind of focus on where we were at. So I think for me, the aspect of playing competitive Yu-Gi-Oh and having that comp- those competitive aspirations to go to tournaments and things like that, I haven't really felt that even in the lead up to YCS Niagara. I was excited about the trip. And I was excited about seeing my friends and meeting people and being at the event. But what I was not excited about was actually sitting down to play. Yeah. Like, and I felt good. I was doing really well. I was like six and one at one point and I was rolling. Yeah. But I never particularly felt great about the format i wasn't really comfortable back in april i did worse at the ycs but i was actually really comfortable with the format i understood what the cards did i understood 
what everything was doing. I understood the goals and the intentions of every deck in the room. But when it came down to it for Niagara, I didn't feel prepared. And like, like I said, I did better at the tournament. But that was because the only decks I played against, I played against zero rogue. I played against zero decks that yeah. I was unprepared for. So for me, it was... I just happened to get lucky in that I literally only played against Sprite or Tier Limit all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only two decks I saw all day, which makes sense because those were the only two. Those were like the two best decks by a very wide margin. Yeah, but, I mean, I mean, I personally like you. Like you were there for the whole time. I started with a PK because I just so happened to have a, a the DP and a Scythe and all that. I was like, all right, cool, whatever. I can pick up the deck for cheap. Let's go. Did that for a while. After that, I was like, I was looking at the meta. I was like, listen, I'm not going to have any fun for several months. Right. I'm going to make my own fun and decided to go with Dino because you kept saying it was a fun deck. Dude, Dinosaur is a great deck. It is a fun deck. It, I don't care who you are. If if you have the disposable income to just drop, just pick it up. It's like, it's a cheap it's deck. It's literally like you can pick up the entire Dino Core because I'm trying to pick it up from Caleb yeah. right now because of the new Dino support that I got announced, but which we're, we'll talk, we'll cover all that in the next episode. Yeah. But I, I personally, like, I think we priced that. It was like fifteen to twenty dollars for the entire Dino Core. Thirty dollars, let's just say, on a more pessimistic, I'm going to have to pay extra for stuff. Yeah, tax and shipping, whatever. Yeah, so like thirty bucks for the whole thing. I recommend it. It's a real. It's it's a, it's a blast to play. It's genuinely a, a lot of fun. Yeah. Um. And then I, so I had a blast with that, and I was like, okay, cool. What's what's another cool deck? Princess. Sure, that looks cool. I almost have everything because uh, that's when the one water set came out. Um. That was. It came out in July. Yeah. yeah. Right before nationals. Because Marincess got top four at Nationals. Yeah. So I picked, so I almost had everything there. I was only missing a couple of cards. Pick up those cards. They were, they were fairly cheap. Had really fun with that until Labyrinth. Got Labyrinth. But then, by, but then about the time I had finished Labyrinth and had it ready to go for tournaments, is when, uh, like, the tournament, the first one I was going to take it to was the one where you had that family issue. Right. So couldn't right. go. So I haven't even taken Labyrinth to tournament yet. But the games I've played with that were I found. To me personally, were a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Labyrinth is a cool deck. It, I I don't know how it's going to end up doing long term, right? Because I don't think it's solved nothing. right now. Yeah, I don't think for now. I don't think it's going to do anything. Um, for now, it's one of those archetypes that's just all it needs is like a card that just says add a fiend from deck to hand. Yeah, if it if it just had like a rota, yeah, that'd be so much better. Oh yeah, no, that that would immediately crank it up for sure. So I had a um, so I when our local play group kind of fell off, it really killed a lot of my motivation for the game. And Same. I've been having, especially with not really any major tournaments happening around us. I've been having this this really like tough time kind of reckoning where I'm at with the game and what my relationship with Yu-Gi-Oh is. And, and to a point with this podcast. 
this podcast was born from a, a an intense desire to create and to just be as all in on this game as I possibly mm-hmm. could be. And without that intense fire that I've had for a long time, without that passion in a lot of ways, I really find myself kind of bleh, you know? Uh, I'm just enjoying the content creation as a whole. <laughs> I, I enjoy it, sure. I just wish I had more times where I could where I could do other content creations and all stuff as well. Right. I, I I'm a little bit frustrated because I feel like we're kind of stuck in a rut a little bit. A little bit, yeah. As far as you go is concerned, anyway. Yeah. Well, I and the podcast. I feel like the podcast is stuck in a rut a little bit. I, I don't mind saying this and saying it with our fans and our listeners. Um, you know, I I want to do other things, right? For example. I want to build a PC. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to see what some money stuff looks like in the coming mm-hmm. weeks and months. But that's one of my big things is I, I want to build a real PC that can be like a content creation machine. Mm-hmm. I, I've even thought about just ponying up the money to buy a Starforge PC. Starforge is pretty decent. Right. They're not the best. However, as far as... um. I'm I'm brand new to this and just wait and just kind of going in the deep end. They're good. Right. So it brings me to this point where without the PC that I want where I can do the the video editing and video recording that I want to do. Yeah. And without and I can't do the streaming that I want to do. I, I can't record the episodes that I want to record with our current setup because things like remote recordings are super difficult to do. So with all of that in mind, it kind of puts me personally in a rut with the content creation side. And I want to redo the studio, but mon- money's a little bit tight. So, that. you know, it, it's just... Just... Being patient and keep on keeping on and all that, but I don't know. It, it's it's been rough for me. I mean, if you're real stuck stuck in the mud, you just kind of keep spinning. Eventually, you'll you'll hit dirt. <laughs> do not. As someone do, who's been stuck many times, I don't know about all that. Listen, listen, listen. Do not actually do that. You, you kind of need to put some two by fours underneath there too. Okay, so just gonna say personally. Mm-hmm. I found that when you're stuck in a rut and your tires are spinning, the best thing you can do is call a friend and get some help. So, and that's why I'm glad I have you here, Caleb, because you are that friend for me that I call when I need help. I need I needed help hosting and running a podcast. I do the editing. <laughs> <laughs> and you came through in a big way, and I really appreciate that, Caleb. You're my friend and have been for a very very long time and this podcast doesn't happen without you just like it doesn't happen without me or and at this point it would we would have a, huff, a hard time happening without our editor oh yeah so oh, yeah, and i have you to call if i need help with vehicle stuff or furniture stuff 
or car, well, car <laughs> or, stuff. Or you like, something got lost in the mail. Yeah, or taxes. Yeah. Adult stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I come <laughs> to Caleb when I need somebody to talk to, <clears throat> and Caleb comes to me when he needs, like, practical advice on adult stuff. Yeah. Well, you also come to me for, like, computer, for, like, computer Anything tech-related. Yeah. Anything tech-related. I'm just coming to Caleb. So. But, yeah, I... I'm really happy with the podcast. I, I love what we've built here. And our num the thing that kind of disappoints me is that our numbers have really, really stagnated. They haven't really gone down, but they aren't really going up that much either. To be fair, you also got to keep in mind that the holidays are always the worst for uh, content creators. And then the worst time is January. Really? Because during the holidays, people aren't consuming as much content because they're hanging out with their families. They're traveling a lot more, so they can't watch. Uh, as far as YouTube I suppose. is concerned. Um, this is for me listening to other YouTubers. And then in January is when the adpocalypse happens, where there's like no ads running. Because companies are withdrawing their ads because they're done for the, yeah, for the holiday season. Yeah, for the holiday season. season. They're like, yeah, we spent a lot of money on those. So we're going to kind of back off a little bit for about a month. And that makes sense. But for us, it's not really that big of an issue. Well, yeah, I mean, because because what we because what it we've gone from. I mean, because like for us, it's not that big of a slump. Right. Number right. wise compared to somebody with millions of views per video, all of a sudden losing 10 percent of their viewer base. And it's like, oh, God, that was what's 10 percent of a million. I'm terrible at math. One million. Yeah. Ten percent of a million. Oh, of one million. A uh, hundred thousand. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a hundred thousand people gone. All of a yeah. sudden. Compared to us, we're to probably be like what? A thousand? If that. If ten percent of our episode by episode mm-hmm. listeners quit listening, we average around like thirteen to fourteen hundred. Okay, yeah. So So it'd be like 140, 150. Yeah. Like that yeah nowhere near the raw numbers yeah but it would still devastate me <laughs> fair yeah I, I mean i've gotten to the point where i'm I, like every viewer is precious to me mm-hmm. and i i'm so like invested in this community i don't know even if i completely lost interest in Yu-Gi-Oh that i could ever stop doing the podcast i, I i'm at that point uh-huh. I mean, we. I mean, we could. I mean, if that, if it ever came to the point where we're both like, okay, we're done with Yu-Gi-Oh for a while, we, we'd probably just shift the podcast on other stuff. Probably, yeah. Because I, I've really, I've really, really come to genuinely enjoy the community that we have built up, the people that we've come, that we've met, and we've gotten to know. I just, I, I heckin' love it, man. Mm-hmm. You know maybe we could do some uh, other like we could probably record some Mario Kart once I get my uh, capture card in yeah these are the things that we could be doing I want to do variety live streams no yeah that'd be cool uh, not just Yu-Gi-Oh just yeah. variety like I said play play different games I now that I've got my Switch I've got you know half a dozen games that I could be just playing and hanging out I got <laughs> I would love to have a stream where we just hang out and like I can just like play Lego Star Wars. Like I love that game. 
and that game is there's a lot happening oh yeah oh yeah no there's a lot of things i would like to do but do not have the a equipment be the space yeah my my issue is equipment and money because like i'm real particular and i would want to have like a whole stream setup you know well the thing is is like where i'm sitting at with the equipment i have right now Mm -hmm. i don't need very much to just start streaming oh okay like the only thing i would need to have a more professional streaming setup is an actual microphone stand right um and maybe a stream deck and that's not even like 100 percent necessary yeah i've got everything else i've got a really good computer i've got two screens i should probably pick up a third so i can put it sideways um what you need is space yeah that's the big thing i need is space yeah because i ain't got the space for that all that yeah but i don't know Yu-Gi-Oh for me lately has just been kind of blah i haven't really felt a ton of passion that i used to feel for Yu-Gi-Oh. i haven't felt that just that like that that burning passion yeah. that i've always felt I mean, for me, it's because I know I'm going to go into this weekend and just, oh, what you playing? Tier- she's a tier element. Cool. You're like the fifth person today who who said that. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't think that you'll see it that quite that much. Yeah, yeah, but you'll see it a lot. There's probably. I think be- I think if you, if you have five or six rounds of Swiss, mm-hmm. then I think you'll see like two to three tier. Hmm. Based on me, I'll probably round one get tier, mm-hmm. get absolutely curb stomped, and then never see tier for the rest for the rest of the tournament, and just keep seeing other random rogue decks that I'm just kind of like, I know my deck, I know my deck better than you know yours. So. Right. Yeah, that's fair. And then last round's gonna be issues with tier element and lose, and then yeah. bubble out again. Yeah, so we are going to a tournament this weekend. It's a big OTS tournament. First prize, first place prizing. Caleb, do you even know what the first place prizing is? Nope, don't care. 40 packs of OTS 19 and 40 packs of OTS 20. I just said I don't care. Yeah, 80 <laughs> OTS packs. I'm not going to get it, so... And I think they said they're going to add an extra case of OTS prizing if they get over, like, so many players, X amount of players, however many it is. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm excited to ch- I'm excited to be there and play, mm-hmm. and I'm really, really kind of hoping that it it kind of lights that fire into me and yeah, yeah. kind of starts that that you know just burns that passion for me. Mm-hmm. So I did learn one thing interesting from me and Sunny messing around with uh, my deck yesterday. Sure, Angelis immune to Dragus Topelia, more or less. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, uh, just, you know, interesting little things that you learn and pick up. Hopefully, we'll be able to get some games and some matches in against some real decks. Yeah, that isn't, you know, yeah, the same decks that we, are, that we have built all the time. Right. Honestly, I want to play something different, but there's nothing that really interests me right now. That's fair. Like, the only, de- like, the only deck that really interests me right now is exactly the Badolce stuff. Right, but that's the deck that's been interesting you forever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, and like, and like, uh, uh, literally, it was Medolce being feasible is the only thing that ripped me away from Labyrinth. Yeah. So, and Labyrinth is what ripped me away from uh, Rincess. Yeah, for me, it was like 
I I love Sword Soul, but I've been playing Sword Soul for a year now. Yeah. Literally a year. Yeah. And I kind of just want to play something different and fun. And it's it's not that I don't feel that I can do that and have fun with Sword Soul because I do. I just want to do something different in advanced because I can pl- I can always play something different in Edison, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I've yeah. got like a gajillion Edison decks. That's not an yeah. issue. Uh, yeah, I mean, because I, I know you were talking about playing a Cheerio, but I don't think you have everything for that, do you? No, you kind of need Fenrir's and I don't have Fenrir's. Yeah. So. I mean, I've been told several times you have to have Fenrir to play Medolce, and I'm like, you don't. What does he accomplish in exactly Medolce? I just think that it being an Earth has that synergy with Vernaself, but uh, it's. I mean, it's going to be up to you, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, because like me watching the combo videos, they'll play the Fenrir, and then it just sits there. Yeah. And doesn't do anything, and then they go, and then they enter battle, and then they swing with everything, and half the time they don't even sw- they don't even swing with the Fenrir because everything else is enough for game. I'm like. That Fenrir could have been something else. Right. Yeah. So, <clears throat> overall, though, I'm happy to get back in the flow of it this weekend. Got a regional coming up in about a month, month and a half. Super take. Hopefully, I can pick up something that I enjoy and I'm really excited to play. That way, for the regional, I can be more in tune with things. Yeah, I mean, you'll have to take a look at the upcoming product, probably, to kind of be a big deal. What I'm yeah. interested in is what that new Dino support in the next deck Wild, pack. Wild Survivors? Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the next, I, I want to see what that was. Dinos, how those dinos function? Because I want to see how they'll mesh with the dino stuff we already have. Yeah, I'm super excited about the dino stuff. Now. What I'm curious about is what the format's going to look like around Nationals. Because I'm planning on going to Nationals this year. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, you still need to get your invite. Yep. Yeah. I'm planning on going to Nationals this year. I already have my invite. I'm just waiting to see where it's at. As soon as I find out where it is, I'm booking. Mm-hmm. I'm going. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I'm excited. We'll have to see what happens. Heck, yeah. So, listen. If you enjoyed today's episode of the podcast... Please be sure to check us out on YouTube if you're listening on iTunes and Spotify. And if you're on YouTube, be sure to check out our iTunes and Spotify. We try to bolster the other parts of the channel. We have a pretty big goal of 2,000 subscribers on our YouTube page before the end of 2023. So if you could help us get there, that would be amazing. And of course, check out all of our sponsor links and affiliate links in the description down below. And of course, until next time, have a great weekend, everyone. Take care, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.